the film series that won't die. Over 40 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. If there's even that much of a connection. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I am Pat. And we have to uh, apologize up front for our long absence. We know that you have so much trouble getting through your day, your weeks without listening to us. But there is a reason why we haven't been there. And it is completely and 100% not my fault and all Patrick's fault. Uh, It's not even my fault, believe it or not. It's totally your fault. I didn't rob my own car. You left the with doors open. I. <laughs> I don't believe I did, but I know that somebody got into my car. The window wasn't broken, but I'm almost invariably OCD about <laughs> locking the door. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know that the actual. Uh, key fob is working. I'm going to have to get it checked because and I have found my trunk open on occasion. No, and I don't hit my trunk shit. button ever Yeah, unless I'm literally going to it. And I double and tri- triple check it because the first time I found it open, I got paranoid. Uh, but now it doesn't unlock the doors all the time. So what? I'm starting to think that the key fob is bad. Anyway, like, that all aside, this is- my car got robbed. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just the recorder that included a couple of episodes on it. Um, and by this point, you'll have heard the Texas Chainsaw episodes. They'll have gone up. Um, so um, that we've all got finished. But yeah, the t- the first two of the new Amityville movies, yeah. Amityville Hex and Amityville Karen, we recorded entire episodes of. Yes, we did. And they were on that recorder. And that was probably one of the most heartbreaking things about the theft. Like, they got other stuff. They got, you know, gear that I use for things, but stuff can be replaced. But the time we spent watching those movies and talking about them, I, we didn't want to do it's it. It's gone. Yeah. It was just, you want to talk about, like, like we had already talked about in the podcast how much we just were not excited to go back to Amityville, and we were, like, borderline repeatedly slapping ourselves in the face to just get our energy up to get the thing going, because, I mean, we had, like, even the worst of those Texas Chainsaw movies was still an oasis in comparison to, like, within five minutes of watching Amityville Hex. We were like, oh, we were not happy. back. Yeah. We're doing this again. And we did two whole episodes, and they were brutal. And yet... And nobody can prove this otherwise. They were the greatest Peabody for podcast worthy episodes we've ever done. Like, we reached philosophical heights that could have brought peace on Earth. It was Rocky Balboa coming out of retirement and going the distance once again to... Um, nobody necessarily wanted to see it happen until we did, and we were all there for it. We were like, we were, we were openly weeping at how good a job and, you know, uh, how much we exposed about the human condition in watching both of these movies. But it's gone forever now, yeah. so nobody can say that it was or it wasn't. To tell you how good those episodes were, we actually agreed that they were good. Yeah. We, we like, we come to consensuses or consensi. Consensus, consensuses? I think it's, cons- cons- it's probably consensus. Consensus. Consensuses. That sounds terrible. No. Consensi. But we very rarely agree. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was they were magical, but magical. unfortunately but they were gone, and we didn't want to just try and walk through the steps again of what we did. Um, I had to get a new recorder. And I waited around for some Black Friday sales and stuff like that. And just, you know, the holidays and all that. We yeah. Plus, to be perfectly blunt, the wind was out of our sails on it. Oh, it God. was really deflating knowing that, that we just went the distance. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, great. But um, there was a cap on the lens. Can you do that <laughs> you stunt one more time, Mr. Cruz? Just, you know, jump out of the plane again. Like, oh. So what we've decided... Um, Because we're not watching the movies again. Nope. Just aren't. I mean, bare minimum, we had almost thrown them on in the background, but that would make... I'm not paying for them again. Exactly. So, we're going off of our original notes for both of those episodes. Uh, This one is going to be Amityville Hex. Yep. Um, And then the next episode will be Amityville Karen. So, if there is a marked drop in quality or somehow even less organization than normal it's because we're doing them from the honestly just bare bones notes that we took yeah at the time we've gotten lazy about our notes which is fine because usually it's all we need to just jump right in but here i mean we've got pat patrick's gotten lazy about his notes i've never been good about my notes i like if you go through my notepad it's like you can tell half like this is the like halfway through the movie Tom has lost interest and is just going to try to remember it so I think this is going to turn into a but Patrick's notes are always great. Like, he writes so much. It's amazing. I, there's, there's tons of words on this paper. I am looking at them, and this is not going to be easy. This was like that one where, like, there's, like, a full, like, minute of dead silence, and the only thing you hear is you, like, rifle it, like, flipping your notes back and forth because you couldn't make heads or tails out of what you read. Yeah. I forget, I forget which Amityville that was, but you're just like, what? I... We're going to have a lot of that. Yeah, we are. Um, so we might as well dive in because we don't know how long this episode is going to be. We usually have pacing kind of sort of thought out. Yeah. Um, this might be five minutes and we give up. <laughs> no, just... I'm gonna... No, we, I, we remember. It's okay. It's Amityville Hex. The thing about it is that it's not our fault that we don't have a lot of notes for Amityville Hex because here's the thing. Not a lot happens in it. No. Um... It's basically there is a kind of a internet challenge type thing like yeah. ice bucket challenge meets Candyman meets blah blah. There's Bloody Mary. A, yeah, Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, of all these vloggers are all sent the instructions to do this Amityville challenge or I don't even well, know what they called it, it. It wasn't even like a challenge challenge. You, the the movie is this was made during COVID and you almost want to give it credit for the cleverness of it because every single piece of the movie is somebody's uh, video log uh, or vlog uh, of of their part of the story and everything is all of these people that you watch have have gotten gotten wind of this Amityville hex, which is a chant that you chant into the camera, and then stuff is supposed to happen. And then uh, every one of them 
has something different and weird happen to them. And on its face, this is a clever idea for a movie for like some nondescript supernatural thing because mm-hmm. it's up to the uh, the actor slash writer because they are making their own short segment of this film. It's so poorly edited together, though, mm-hmm. that it ranks up there with some of the worst Amityvilles we've seen because instead of inter- interpolating all of the different stories in an effective way that creates dread and, you know, momentum and everything, you just see everything repeated Mm -hmm. over every single one of the internet personalities through the movie saying the entire hex and it's like to fill time it's like a three minute thing every time they chant it and they don't cross cut between them so you just get the idea that okay they've all done it now what happens yeah yeah just watch each one do it and a lot of them have very similar outcomes a lot of them didn't have much of an idea for their outcome or no they 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 really range from uh, or they all of them have varying degrees of oh I feel like th- weird things are happening and I'm freaking out and I'm getting scared over the course of like was it five or six days something like that and uh, others range from just absolute weirdness remember the the the, the woman and the guy in the uh, like the dining room situation where she's like inviting this guy over in like the weird green uh, nylon jacket and the goofy uh-huh. hat yeah and like he keeps coming over and they keep like almost hooking up and then like she keeps murdering him and then he keeps coming back sorta oh this is gonna be bad this is yeah. bad oh no I, it's the thing is like there are parts of it that are burned into my brain <laughs> but um Mostly just the tedium. There's when you said there's a good version of this to be made. There was uh, there was a movie called Host that was put out during the pandemic, oh, was it? and oh. it was not the. There's been other movies called Host, mm-hmm. but this one was shot. Uh, it was I think made in the UK. It's like um, a Facebook party or, or like a Zoom. It's a party. it's a Zoom call kind yeah. of thing. It's based. Uh, it's yeah, five different friends doing an online. We're gonna do a summoning together. We're gonna do a chant. We've brought in a psychic to join us, and she. He's going to help us, but then the psychic gets staticed out, and they're trying to get back in touch with her as stuff starts going a little bit wonky. But it's an hour-long Zoom call, and it even has the timer in the corner so you know how long the movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, the call lasts an hour. It's an hour-long movie. It's on Shutter, I believe. Oh, that's cool. And the director had sent each of the individual actors the props they needed, figured out, like choreographing sequences and organizing things and how to make sure making an actual movie they were making a movie that was telling a story that was doing things and unveiling things at different times and it is so good it is it's Mm. seriously super good for like a no budget zoom call movie dated which you're supposed to yeah I think it worked better than even stuff like Unfriended and all that kind of stuff that had come beforehand Mm. Uh, it just worked I haven't gotten around to like any of those they 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 look intriguing, but at the same time, I just, I won't say the gimmick turns me off, but it, if there's other things that I'm in more interested in, I tend to gravitate more towards those. That's fair. Because yeah. it's, al- it's always going to, like, 
unless you have like something really clever and new, it kind of always generates into what is that behind me? Yeah. Like, and that's like this thing, like say if you are a lonely weirdo like me, but not Patrick, Patrick is just, he, he is just whacking women off with a stick. The man is just a dynamo. Uh, but I'm at my, in my apartment most of the time watching people uh, talk about movies on the YouTube. And if you watch a bunch of these, you always dread the ones where they want to do like a shtick during the intro and the outro or like periodically through it we're just going to do like some kind of goofy thing Mm -hmm. that kind of ties into the thing that they're doing this is the level of acting we have in these movies like it's all these because it basically as near as we can figure they like sent out the bare bones idea of what they of what the the movie was going to be and the chant and said hey Fill it fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and we'll see what ha- we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're asking a whole bunch of people who are not necessarily known as actors, no, to act, not known uh, as the, the 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 most the actor with the biggest resume in the film is Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, just so you're aware. And number two would be George Stover, who is well, good to him. I forget him. But um, but you're asking non-actors to act. You're asking non-improvisers to improvise, and then you're asking them to do both in a vacuum, so they don't play off of anybody. Please improvise with nothing to go on for five to fifteen minutes, with nobody to up the stakes, to yes and, to mm-hmm. challenge, to just freeform it. No. No, really? no, no, no. Stop your movie. Stop. Do and not make that movie. And this was bad. Short. Like, this was like the also, like, the horrible thing about both uh, Hex and Karen was that it's like, yeah, this one, uh, Amityville Hux is 140, is one hour and 48 minutes long. Uh huh. Like, yeah. The runtime started ticking up again. It was like, wait, what? No, I thought we used to get out of these in like a tight 75. Yeah. What are we doing? Why, yeah. why are we adding more? Well, there was so much gold. What do you cut? <sighs> but yeah, uh, George Stover is a veteran uh, going back to John Waters movies. Um, basically, a lot of indie Baltimore filmmakers. And honestly, he's popped up in you know mainstream stuff here and there. But mm-hmm. he's just... He's an old standby. He oh, is this uh, your WNUF guy? He was in okay. WNUF movies yeah. he, and uh, pretty much everything La Martina has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just popped up on so many things over the years. Um, he's just a nice, sweet man. I'm sure he is. I'm sure all of these are nice people. Well, except for, was it Sean Phillips? <laughs> that guy seemed. That's That guy seems to have an energy I don't want around me. He seems pretty keyed up. Yeah. Um, and I've I've worked he is with him. One of the, the more cast. memorable one people in this, right? And he's uh, the co-writer on this one and a director on uh, Karen. Yes. And um, and yeah, full disclosure, like I worked with him on a project years ago, Trailer Park of the Living Dead, uh, but we didn't have a ton of time together, so I didn't really get to know him. Um, but yeah, him and one other guy that he used to be partnered with on a lot of their videos. Um, came into town they had shot their scenes but I was kind of running around taking care of like five other things while the indie production so yeah if you're behind the camera you're doing five jobs and so not a lot of time to do things like talk eat make friends stop 
make friends. Yeah. Basically... Get a well-rounded impression of a person. Yeah. Basically, as long as you're not holding the camera, you get to have a cigarette while they're shooting a take, and that's about your only downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And also... He appears to have an incredible DVD collection, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is he's been a media reviewer for years, and a lot of that is his online personality. Um, And... And he plays... I mean, most of these people in this movie, I believe, are playing themselves or versions of themselves. At least some versions of themselves. Well, there's the one guy that we adore that's been in, like, a whole bunch of them. What was his name? Uh, damn it. Eh, come back. Mike Ferguson, who was detective, like, Lance Amazing in Amityville Uprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? Hold on. What was his name in Amityville Uprising? It's so good. God, no! IMDb app, why are you doing this to me? It's fighting us. Everything is fighting us on this. Everything is fighting us. This is like when they're trying to unfold the map at the beginning of Deliverance and the table is fighting (laughs) them. Yeah. In uh, Amityville Uprising, he was Detective Lance McQueen. Just killing. So good. Ka-chow, ka-chow. Oh, it also had uh, the other like big highlight of this movie is it had yet another appearance by Peter Summers as our uh, British newscaster guy, right? Who yeah, direct who had previously directed mm-hmm. Amityville Playhouse, and in his little uh, news report on the growing concern about the Amityville hex, or uh, I'm sorry, the growing concern with the Amityville hex. I didn't have the English accent. They do reference like a bunch of other Amity movies like there's the like uh, Elliot Mixter like the, he references a book by Elliot Mixter and that was Amityville Asylum there was uh, Elliot West and I forget which one that was these are just going off the notes we were, mm-hmm. like, we were doing Stephen Hatt like we tried to look up what the, which other movies they were referencing like it wasn't as big as like uh, in um Amityville Vibrator when you have like that one sequence where the girls are just name checking every other movie mm-hmm. which was a highlight of that film yeah um, but yeah. it was yeah. nice hearing all that but yeah we just like it's so bad my notes are so bad because it was, I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure this out like I've got like Bill and question 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 mm-hmm. uh, slash okay. 26 minute skull puppy yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. To the 26-minute mark, there's just a, su- a skull is superimposed on the entire frame. Like, for no reason. Like, oh. But that that's like when, like, the hex is happening, I think. Gotcha. And then um, we see a puppy, I assume. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have in my notes 20 minutes and drinking. Yep. Because We I, did drink. Yeah, we usually don't really drink drink during mm-hmm. these, but at the twenty minute mark, once we realized what we were in for, we're just like, let's go let's go pour something mm-hmm. really quick. And then I have like the last real note I have or I, I do see see I mentioned the green jacket, the guy. Oh, the green yeah. Jacket. The last real note I have is we're being punished for leaving Amityville or for coming back. I gotta say both. Yeah. Yeah. All this is uh, Andrew Deli, Tales from the Crypt, Glitches, another mm-hmm. reading, another reading. A lot of noting that there's another reading over and over and over again. Headaches and confusion. I can't tell if that's the characters or me. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, normally like we are keeping very good track of the names of the characters, but there's about 15 or 16 main vloggers that we're bouncing between, and almost none of them were giving their names. No. There was like the one guy that gets shot by his girlfriend... But then comes back, or no, the girlfriend goes nuts and is trying to kill him, and then he shoots her, but then she comes back. Remember that one? Yeah, and I still don't understand it. No, no, that was the thing. It's just like, they, like if you can improvise, super. If not, write yourself a little outline for yeah. what you want this thing to happen. It doesn't have to be like a big uh, production or anything. It's just like, here's where the character starts. Here's where the character ends. Come up with a few steps in between, yeah. and then go. And if at all possible, um, it's like the lesson that uh, Trey Parker said they eventually picked up on writing South Park when they started studying story, and one of the reasons they get so critical of like other... 12 seasons in. Right. <laughs> but they said that like once we figured it out, now we can't watch other stuff because we realize how rare it is to actually have motivated plot lines where this happens because of that, because of that, because of that. And you start with a conclusion, like, how do we get here? Well, this happened because of, and this, like... Work backwards. Work backwards so that everything is motivated and everything is a result and everything is a chain, not, oh, this happens, and then this, and then this, and then this. Well, why does that happen? Well, because this has to happen. No, but why... Yeah. Like the actual, the one nuts and bolts. Why? No, the like, and that that should be the rule. But the one exception where it does work the other way, how soon? Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's that's a movie. That's a fever dream of a movie. Yes, um, and it's intentionally that way. Mm. I'm saying like, there's. Oh, no, I agree with you. And crazy things happening in a movie can be on theme, and it doesn't necessarily have to be obvious to the audience why a thing is happening or in what order. But as a writer, you shouldn't just say, okay, well, we did this. What's the next scene? Oh, I don't know about this. And that seems to be how that whole thing, this whole hex was put together is. So you're going to come in, and then I'm going to shoot you, but then you're still going to be alive. Well, why and how? Because it's It's scary. No, that's not what we mean. Like, you can't do a Twilight Zone ending that's just, but huh, that's not right, right? Yeah. You have to actually have a reason why and then have something to contrast. It's like anything. Anything. Any sort of connective tissue. And those are the ones that had some sort of supernatural thing. Like, if I recall, the Sean Phillips one basically just ends with him. Like, half of him is uh, just screaming in his garage with his shirt off. And yeah. And he ends up killing like, himself at the end? Yeah. Um, I wish I could really understand. Because I know, oh, he hammered himself to death, right? He hammered he himself. He hammered himself. To that death. was That's him. Was. Yeah, he hammered himself to death. Um, it's a girl that gets shot. There's a rubber. Am I, in, the, in defense of my notes, we're usually, again, recording them right after watching. So they're not that far from the memory. Yeah. <laughs> And man, I, I swear to God, we would have gotten a Nobel Prize for the Amityville Hex episode. You have no idea how good mm-hmm. that episode was. <laughs> and yet, you know, here we are this many weeks later, and the note, yes, bland, means nothing to me. Yes, bland? Le- yes, bland. 
Yes, bland. Yes, bland. And underneath the word cameras. That does say bland. Yeah. What the hell? And not doing well. I can't tell if that's me or the character. Sean Taxman. Q&A. D-Man. John Reed. I'm in Reed. Wow, everyone reads it. Tina Chester. Sinistalker. Bill. Yeah. Skull puppy. Skull, then puppy. Mm-hmm. I take yeah, fast notes, but I take sort of uh, sonographer notes. You have very good handwriting, though. Really? That's not a compliment I have ever gotten in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta remember, I, A, I've always thought my handwriting is terrible because I'm fairly certain I was probably gonna be left handed until Catholic school. Um, I, my handwriting is equally terrible with my left and right hand. You write with both hands? I can. Huh. But again, I don't think it's good handwriting with either. Um, and the speed tends to be a little bit faster on right hand because mm-hmm. it's more practiced. But also, as far as reading, I can read karaoke slips at the end of a shift, so I can read anything. You're making fun of their improvisation. Oh, yes, Bland. Yes, Bland. Oh, that, okay. Patrick, past Patrick is so fucking funny. We would have gotten an award, damn it. <laughs> it's yes, Bland. Yes, Bland. <laughs> that is still funny. All right, I like that. <laughs> God damn it, this movie. Mm-hmm. Bill, toilet hat, protection, bag, slab, hammer, <laughs> self. This is a better script than the ones they were working on in the movie. I honestly think we've joked about making an Amityville, um, and we might at some point if our souls, you know, leave heal. our bodies. Um, but maybe we just try and make a Amityville off of our notes, off of one of them, try and do a remake. Loosely based on what we barely remember. That would be amazing. But, yeah. I mean, there's really not much else to say about this movie. No. Because there's no build-up. All of the all of the little vignettes, um, which are intercut... They're, they're, they're uh, not intercutting. I guess that's the only word they for it. They sort of kind of do. They're, You'll get... We get a couple of characters all go through the speech. Yeah. Then they all go through this phase, and they all go through this phase, but then they start introducing new people who are also starting to do the hex, and it goes back and forth between these people almost finishing their run with these people sort of kind of starting, but some of them take until the end of the movie for it to end, whereas some people it's like one and done, Yeah. depending on, I guess, what they did with their sequence. By and large, like all the different... Uh, stories ratchet up around the same, like on the same level. Like everybody's kind of like reaching a fever pitch on the same pace, the way they've cut it together. Kind of. Except for like your newbies popping in. And then at the end of the movie, they just have like a whole bunch of like little throwaway things, like during the credits, where it's like, these are all the people that did, that sent stuff in, but we didn't like it enough to put it in the movie. But hey, you get to be on screen for a little bit. Or we liked this spot of it, but it's like, you know, here's the good minute out of the 20 they sent, or just they only had time to send us a minute. Yeah. Or, yeah, but it's basically a whole giant montage of more of the same yeah and then like there is like the fun shot where it's like 
it's the full screen, but it's broken up into like what thirty different square boxes. Mm-hmm. So you see, uh, it's, this is a thing. Yeah, like where the Brady Bunch is now that they've had yeah. generations to propagate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It somehow made less sense than the weed one. Yeah, and that one made no sense. It did not make much sense. But at least it was entertaining, if I remember right. It was. And it was over within, you know, 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it had a cameo by Sean Phillips, whose name appears in the credits five times compared to Tony Newton's 19. Or 14, rather. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, That's right. This was more, started, yeah. This yeah. is one of those ones where it's like everybody, I have to list individually everything I did on the movie. The Neil Breening of it. The Neil Breening of it. Uh, which the trailer for his new one apparently just hit. I haven't watched it yet. Who's, what's that one? Or who's Neil Breen? Oh, uh, I am here now. Um, Twisted Pear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bad. We'll, we'll go into some Neil Breen after, uh, during the break between episodes but for those of you at home also take a look at some trailers for Neil Breen he basically looks like um, the family dollar version of Gary Shandling visually (laughs) but he makes these movies that's an image yeah oh wait wait till till you see him tell me I'm wrong Um, but he makes these movies that are very important and they're very much about what we have to do to save the world and stop the evil oil companies and stop the pollution by being a lizard robot Jesus I mean you do have we do have to do something about the pollution but but like there's one of his is literally he's a lizard robot Jesus from space the reincarnation slash second coming who shows up in the desert a random person is shot and then he just kind of looks around for about an hour and a half while people learn lessons or something but, There's, but in a boring way oh my god <laughs> yes we showed um I am here now, and I feel like there's more to the title to that one. I know there, it ends with an ellipses that's four dots instead of three um, on all official, like to cover the you know writers and all. But um, we showed a version where we fast forwarded through all of the spots where he just looks back and forth. <laughs> And managed to get it down to about a half hour um, yeah. to show it a, a Mondo pre-show. Okay. Um, and even then, fast-forwarding that much, people were bored. Jeez. They're amazing. They are. They are expert level. I like bad movies. Movies. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're like, okay, you know, Battleship Earth is, you know, a challenge, right? Do you, um, Do you like eating ashes? Like, do you ever go to your chi- your your uh, your fireplace after a fire and just eat everything with a spoon? <laughs> that's what watching this movie is. Yeah, it's if you watch Troll Two. Okay, first of all, Troll Two. I love Troll Two. I've never se- I've not oh. seen it. I've I seen think Troll Two is one. delightful. I think it's hysterical. Did you know that N- Nilbog is Goblin spelled backwards? What? Well, that changes the whole thing. I still don't understand the popcorn fucking, but um, it's. I love Troll Two, but like some people have said, you know, best worst movie. I mean, literally the name of the documentary yeah. about it. Um, there are movies worse than that. Sure. And this. There's that. Okay. Neil Breen 
consistently and passionately because he is convinced he is a genius and not in this Tommy Wiseau way of like, you know, just pumping his own hype. He may, he is the Terrence Malick of Tommy Wiseau. Like long, meditative, thoughtful. Stop it. Awful. <laughs> it's I, 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 Neil Breen. I, we are not doing no. a Neil Breen cast. No, we are not. I no, don't. We are I, not. I, I, I could not Ooh, take we've it. Already, we've got so many other things that we're going to be yeah. doing. It's going to be great. Yeah. We and don't need that. Jesus. Yeah. No, stop it. Anyway. So that was Amityville Hex. <laughs> are there, like, can, can you think of any movies that really are, like, improvised, that were good, that worked? I mean, Christopher Guest. Yeah, like yeah, all the Christopher Guest stuff. movies, um, and they are improvised. Like, I mean, he's got you. You got to figure he's got the background. He give like he develop he and the cast develop the backgrounds of the characters, and they have like the you know the overall mile markers for mm-hmm. where the movie has to be. But everything else appears to be just okay. And now get to this point. Yeah. However you want to. Which is what we are encouraging. Like, this is not us saying that's cheating. This no. is us saying you're making a movie. Put some, put a make, little make, bit of work in ahead of time. Make a movie. Yeah, we're not asking you to write it ahead of time. You yeah. don't have to tell the other actors what your backstory is if you don't want to. Actually, that's how they make a lot of these Marvel movies. <laughs> With the whole... You know, you only see certain parts of the script. So oh, you yeah. Know. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, with that on both sides, Taika Waititi is a very collaborative, improv-friendly director. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, you can make movies this way, but you do need... You need a line to throw the clothes on. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But I was just trying to think of, like, movies where, like, they really didn't have... I mean, like, you in the shadows... It was very improvised. I yeah, believe. yeah. What about that, that Soderbergh source code movie? Was that improvised as well, or was that just weirdly shot? I don't know. You know, remember that one where they're just like it's like the screen is split into like oh, four uh, time code time and code. Uh, not Soderbergh, not Mike Lee, um, not Todd Haynes. Fuck, who is that? No. Oh no 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 no! It's it's going to bug me and I have to look it up I have it on DVD I actually saw it at the Charles Um, not my DVD because they don't play those there Uh, Mike Figgis Ah, that's right I was almost about to say that Ah. I'm sorry but no that was like that one no that one was pretty tightly choreographed if not scripted there was room for the dialogue to shift Mm -hmm. as necessary depending on if things go wrong keep it rolling yeah but at the same time they had to hit XYZ points very consistently for things like when the earthquake hits they had to be in the spot where the sets were set for it and yeah there was there was very detailed orchestration Mm. Um, but Blair Witch Entirely improvised. Entirely improvised. And that works. Like, I mean, I don't like the movie, but it doesn't not work from the character and the dialogue. Right. Like, everything that they're doing is good. And I think I've said it on this podcast somewhere early on, but that there has not been a movie like Blair Witch since then. There has been found footage movies. There's been... 
tons and tons and tons of them that are all scripted. Mm-hmm. Literally, they scared the actors in Blair Witch. They gave them GPS coordinates. They messed with the actors. They confused the actors. That was part of the experiment. But they did something different that has not been replicated. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the movie is an achievement. Mm-hmm. Just not for you. I, I just don't like it. I, I don't like it as a movie, but I definitely respect, like what they did and what they achieved you know what the movie did for movies yeah. you know what I mean like the effect of the movie you can't argue with it I just yeah. I don't find but, it particularly entertaining yeah, but what I find fascinating is that people wholesale went towards oh we can make a movie for cheap let's do mm-hmm. that we can make a movie that looks like this let's do that but nobody went to the initial core idea of yeah. let's make a horror movie where we actually scare the actors yeah well also and I, I would say Blair Witch looks inexpensive it does not look cheap like that that yes. is, that is a well, that is Thank a well made yeah. movie it's just we didn't need to do sets we didn't need to do it does not have a lot of production value but it does not look cheap yeah no it's it's fine yeah. <laughs> you know but we, just, we've had yeah, this conversation just, yeah, about this yeah. but it's good but yeah like totally improvised oh god like, well, I remember a funny thing about um, they were interviewing William H. Macy about Fargo and they're like now do they let do the Coens let you improvise and everything is like no the Coen brothers don't let you anybody improvise about anything and he said like all of the stammers the ums and the pauses that uh, Jerry Lundergaard says they're all in the script oh absolutely that's horrifying same with um, on Lebowski Jeff Bridges was talking to John Goodman one day uh, about like two weeks into production and he was concerned he's like hey um, I'm getting a little bit worried that like you know my mail's not getting to me or you know I haven't seen any updated pages (laughs) come by and we've been on this thing for two weeks and Goodman just started laughing he's like that's right you're new here there's no rewrites you can memorize the script now don't worry about it nothing is changing by the time we're shooting you're good man you, you, you got this you got this like yeah but just the whole you're new here yeah, yeah. but a welcome addition oh absolutely they, they, he's always it's still just the two that he's done yeah that and True Grit that and True Grit yeah. both of both great and they're quasi retired now it. stop so. stop it I, I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge this rumor because I don't want to I think they're taking a breather. That's fine. Take take the breather. Yeah. And Ethan's working in theater. Yeah. Joel did the Macbeth. Mm-hmm. This is not a theater. It's okay to say it here. Yeah. Yeah. The Scottish movie. The Scottish movie. Um, but yeah, let him let him play. Yeah. So that's Amity. Is, is there anything else? Tam, I think lines? we've already milked this coconut. I would love to know, like, I would love to see the runtime for what we did the last time. Not necessarily for the preamble, because the preamble we just it always go, yeah. goes in weird little directions. But I'd love to know if we talked more or less about the movie, having not watched it for what two months. At this yeah, point, at least I think so. Yeah, fuck. We were pretty deflated. It sucked. Yeah, but you know, uh, we only have what four, three more, 
Amityville's before we can do. Oh, we it's been well, we two months. To, we have to double check to see we how, double many, check. Um, how many have been released since we, since we lost the recorder. I feel like oh, a God. lot of the people making these lost steam on them. Um, a lot of the ones that have been announced have just been kind of languishing nowhere. Yeah, like we definitely got Karen, uh, Amityville in space. An Amityville gas chamber, I think, were the next three when uh, you, the recorder got lost or got stolen. Right, yeah. Then so we, we know say, what we're in for on. Oh, at Karen is a redo. Yeah. Um, space is Polonia. Yeah. Um, and, and we're not going to say anything else about gas chamber now because we don't want to ruin the surprise. Yeah, we're actually talking about experimental ways to comment on that one. Um, yeah. We have ideas. We might we just do a traditional episode, but it's going to be fine. And then we jump into a new franchise. We do a new franchise that I am really tickled pink about and you know I'm ready to power through these Amityvilles mm-hmm. to get to and there's uh, there are some that I know quite well in this franchise there are some that I have never seen I have seen all of them except for one gotcha and I own god there's uh, 11 I own one, two, three, four. Uh, six, eight. Uh, so I own six out of the eleven. All right. And also, I know both of us own a ton of the comics and yeah. associated merch. Yeah. And yeah. we won't be reviewing the comics as a whole episode, but I'm sure we'll touch on them here and there. Yes, indeed. Um, so we'll leave that as a bit of a mystery. Yeah. A puzzle, if you will. Oh. Oh, but until next time, uh, or my resale for this was nothing. Oh, nothing. Yeah, no, yeah, no honestly, the fact that we got dragged back in, um, that's more than I was willing to pay. <laughs> All right, until next time, get out. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.